this word. I thank you for this time together. I give you praise and glory and honor for what you're going to do today. Father, we set our affection on you. We ask you to open up our ears, open up our eyes to be able to see and hear what you have to say to us. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have your way today in this service, that you speak to the people. You show them things in their life. Teach me, Lord. I'm along with them. Teach us all today. And let us leave today being doers of what we hear, not just hearers only. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. What? Okay, thank you. I was getting ready to go do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when we start a new year and you come up on a new year, does everybody have like some resolutions, you know, start making up some things you're going to do? Like say, I'm, I'm going to lose weight. Has anybody ever said that? I'm going to exercise or, you know, maybe I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to pray more. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do some things like that. Maybe I'm going to be better at my job. Maybe I'm going to become more spiritual. Is it, is it off? Oh, really? Do y'all hear that out there? <laughs> you. you hear? Okay, glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. But anyway, sometimes when we go into the new year, we have high expectations on what that year is going to bring. We look back and some of us, we have a, a 2018 that was not memorable. There was a lot of things in that year maybe that wasn't that good. Maybe you look back and there was a lot of things in that year that was good. I mean, I know one thing is, is Brandon proposed to Corey and she said yes. And so they're going to be getting married. So, whoo, you know, but that was in 2018, right? So it was in 2018. At the end of last year, really good. I'm, I'm sure the whole year was good. But, I mean, the reality is, guys, as we face the new year, we think of a new beginning, a new start in life. And, I mean, we think, okay, well, this year is going to be better. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And sometimes the tragedy is is it, it don't always work out. Usually by what they say statistics, by Valentine's Day, we've done throw away that New Year's resolution paper, and we're back to just doing whatever we do. But I want to actually charge all of us as we do the fast and as we get into this new year and as we continue to go forward with God, let's really be intentional about our approach to God. Let's be intentional every day about how we fit God into our schedule every day. Matter of fact, we need to fit our schedule around God every day. You know what I'm saying? And build everything around Him. And in, in the church in America, guys, we, we've really been attacked by the enemy in this area uh, to kind of get us sidetracked to where we do kind of, you know, set our affections and attentions on other things. And it takes us out of things that are really important in our life, like Sunday morning church. This is a very important time of the week for everybody in this room, including me. OK, this has always been a very important part of my life, a big, huge, important part of my life. Going to church has been something that I've needed every time I've went. I've never went to church and sat in that chair and didn't get something from God. I always did. And you could say the same thing. Now, if I went to church and didn't get something from God, it was my fault. I was either offended, I was upset, or, you know, I was ticked off at somebody in the church. It was just all my fault, okay? But I come hungry, God speaks. I come expecting, God speaks. And I'm telling you, it would change your life, man, when you do add these things to your life. And don't set your vacations around church. Set your everything around being together with your family, man. This is a very important time. And I, you know, my thing is, is I would like to, you know, challenge everybody in the room. Just challenge you. 
is if you took this next year and you gave like nobody else, you served like nobody else, you attended like nobody else, and then at the end of the year, if you look back at your life, what would it look like? One year, just one year, going all in, just giving everything you got to the work of God and see what your life will look like. I promise you guys, it will be different. So today, we're going to actually talk about a message about being bold in witness. How many of y'all know that sharing our faith is a big deal? How many of you know that Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, to go into all the world and do what? That was only to 12, though. He told those 12, and he said, when y'all die, we're just going to leave it up for somebody else. Okay? No, that message was for everybody to, to go forth and to share our faith with others. But it is one thing that we kind of lack. So today I'm hoping that we can kind of get into some things and, and, and talk about that. So if you would turn to Matthew 16, 24. Let's read what Jesus said as we start this journey together. Hallelujah. Then Jesus said to his disciples, and he says it to all of us, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. You must Give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. That's what Jesus said. That's a pretty bold statement, guys. Just leave it up for a minute. I mean, there is some very big qualifications right there. If, if you want to be his follower. Well, I thought all I had to do was say the prayer and I was going to be a follower of Christ. I thought all I had to do is repeat the prayer and then I was going to be an automatic follower of Christ. No, I want to go ahead and let you in on something. When you pray what we call a sinner's prayer... That don't save you. Did I lose somebody? <laughs> that don't save you, okay? Because if praying the sinner's prayer was the qualification to get you in heaven, then what about the man that was on the side of the, you know, Jesus hanging on the cross, and there was another guy over here hanging on the cross that was a thief, a rock. He, he deserved to be there. He looked over at his master and he said, Hey, look, let me ask you something. Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus said, I will. He didn't say, wait a minute, repeat this after me. Father God, no, no. See, what I'm trying to say is there's nothing wrong with a sinner's prayer, but it's the heart. It's the heart, guys. That's what God's after. And there's some people that's been touched by God, ain't never said a sinner's prayer, and they're more on fire for God because they got saved. Their heart got turned toward God, amen? Nothing wrong with a sinner's prayer, but, but I'm telling you, when you see somebody that's given their heart to God, you're going to see that scripture come in the past. You're going to deny yourself, and you're going to be going after him. You will be denying yourself and going after it. There is a complete change, man. I mean, it changes your whole life. It changes everything, your calendar, schedule. Everything changes when you meet Christ because he's just that way. I mean, when people walk into this church that don't know God at all, it's going to be a little foreign to them. Why? Because we ain't like the world. We ain't supposed to look like the world. We ain't supposed to talk like the world. We ain't supposed to act like the world. We're supposed to be different. Amen. So we don't pattern our churches and our messages to kind of blend in with what's going on out there. Because what's going on out there is a mess. They need what's going on in here. They need this message. So we want this message to be following in our lives. So if 2019 is going to be a year of less of me and more of him, then this has got to be our anthem verse this year. This has got to be it in your own personal life. Less of you, more of him. Less of you, more of him. And I think sometimes when we're doing a fast like this, and you know, most of the fast in the Bible was, well, really all the fast in the Bible was really centered around food. And even Timothy says in, in one of his, his passages, one of his verses in, in his book, about how our God can become, I mean, our belly can become our God. 
your belly can actually become your God to where you're giving more attention to your stomach than you are the things of God. And I think that's the thing that we've got to be careful that these things don't get a hold of us and take us a different way. But more of Him and less of Him, man, we've got to have this. And if you'll go through the Gospels and just look at the Scriptures and passages that tell us to lay down our life, deny ourselves. I mean, it's like a theme that Jesus says over and over, not just to His disciples, but to everybody that would say yes to Jesus. There's a cost, guys. To follow Jesus, it's going to cost you something. Not a little bit, not some. It costs everything. God don't want a little bit of you. He wants all of you. Because he knows if he's got a little bit of you, what, what bit you don't give him, the enemy's got. And whatever you give to him, he will destroy it. And how can you ever live a balanced life, a successful life, if part of you's with Jesus and part of you's with the devil? It can't happen. I mean, you're going to be messed up. It's going to be a challenge for you. And I was kind of thinking last night as I was reading the book of Acts, and I was thinking about the disciples as they started their journey without Jesus. I don't read anywhere in with the disciples at all where they struggled financially, healthy. I, I didn't see, I don't read any scriptures where it shows us any of that. That leads me to believe, not saying they wasn't tempted, not saying that they didn't go through trials and tribulations. They did, okay? Because the Bible says you will be persecuted for the word's sake. Sometimes we're persecuted because of our own failure. Sometimes we're persecuted for standing up for God. There's two persecutions. So there's no doubt they were persecuted, but we don't see no record of them going through things that sometimes we face. And the reason why we get in debt and the reason why sometimes we're unhealthy and we have symptoms in our body, a lot of it could be directed back to our decisions in this life. That if we was really truly following God wholeheartedly, we wouldn't have bought that. We wouldn't have signed that that contract. We wouldn't have ate that big meal. We'd have said no to some things in life because God is going to help us if we're all in. He's got all of us. But if we're partway in, then guess who else has got some of us? And it's crucial, guys, to get that straight. And that's why I want this year to be a year that we go after God. Go after Him with everything we got. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's a story in the uh, Bible, and you can go ahead and turn to John 20. Uh, there's a story in the Bible about the disciples uh, after Jesus died. You know, the disciples, uh, they were with Jesus for three years. They watched Jesus do amazing things. They watched Him raise the dead, heal the sick. I mean, what would your life look like today if you had walked with Jesus for three, three and a half years? Wow. I mean, man, the stories you could be telling. You know, the books wouldn't be able to hold it. But they walked with Him. They saw what He, what he did. And Jesus told them that He was going to give His life and die. Now, He said this multiple times to His disciples. He said it repeatedly over and over again. Then Jesus did suffer brutally on the cross. He, he was dead for three days and then Sunday came and he was rose again. But in that stretch of those three days, we see the disciples which were with Jesus. We was with Jesus, okay? He was with them and all of a sudden when Jesus got arrested, what did the disciples do? They ran. They fled. They didn't want nothing to do with Jesus at that point, right? Now, did that mean they didn't believe in Jesus? No, oh, no, no. They believed in Jesus. They walked with him. They saw what he did. They knew something was special about him. But there was some persecution that came, and they ran, didn't they? They ran. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6, I mean, uh, let's see, John 20, 19, it says this. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were what? They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. 
And then suddenly Jesus was standing among them and he said, Peace be with you. He, and then he, he talked to them. But before Jesus walked through the wall, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody walk through the wall. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? You know, you're just sitting around and all of a sudden, shoo, Nathan walks through the wall. How y'all doing, guys? Y'all doing okay? Be freaky, okay? I'm sure it was a little, it startled them, amen? I'm sure they were kind of took back by that. Man, this dude just walked through the wall. I mean, this is crazy, hallelujah. So uh, they're all sitting around the table. But before Jesus showed up, they were afraid. They were locked up in a house or wherever they were. They were scared. They were afraid of what could happen. So they wasn't being bold in their witness, were they? At all. That is 12 men that walked with, well, really it was 11. The other guy, he, he messed up. So, but there was 11 of them that were in that room that followed Jesus. And sometimes we beat ourselves up because we don't witness. Listen, you in good company, man. These jokers walked with Jesus and they were scared. Hallelujah. But I want to talk to you today about how we can remove that. Amen. And we can begin to start taking ground. Because we live in a world that is preaching all kinds of stuff. Stuff we don't need to be hooking up with. Stuff that if I said, you would be very familiar with. I mean, just messages all over. The, the news and Facebook and all these places. YouTube. Hallelujah. I mean, there's, there's people preaching messages. But we, do you know there's one message that changes hearts? And it's the message of Jesus Christ. That's what changes hearts. You change hearts, you change a nation. Why don't we share our faith in Jesus? Does anybody know? There's sometimes when we do, we think, well, maybe I won't know enough. Maybe they're going to ask me a bunch of questions and I'm going to be like, oh my God, I don't know enough. Maybe it's because you're scared. <laughs> and maybe it's that. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's multiple things that go on. Maybe it's just because I don't want to offend somebody. You know, we live in a world now, oh man, we don't want to offend everybody. You know, we don't want to say nothing, step on anybody's toes. <clears throat> Guys, look, Jesus in itself is offensive. The Word of God is offensive. It's going to offend people in our lives. But this world needs to hear the message of Jesus, guys. I mean, if I was to ask some of you guys, you know, have you heard the message on uh, the border wall? Has anybody heard that message? The border wall? You know, the border wall? It, well, only uh, everybody has heard the message on the flipping border wall. Okay, don't act like you hadn't, okay? Now, there's some people that like that idea. I'm for the border wall. You know, you feel the tension even when you say that. I like it, you know. But they say, oh, yeah, we're for the border wall. Yeah, we're for that message. Woo! And then there's some that are opposing it, right? Does that stop President Trump from trying to build a wall? Ain't stopped him a lick, has it? Uh-uh, ain't stopped him a lick. No matter who, who says yay or nay, right? So if a man that's natural, that is sharing a message that's natural, don't care what people think, why should we not be out there doing the same thing about a message that can change all humanity and sharing it with boldness, amen? And I believe I'm looking at a room of people that, that maybe have at one time, maybe want to. I believe I'm looking at a room full of people that love Jesus and they want to make a difference in people's lives. But for some reason, we just kind of, you know, the devil wants us to believe that nobody wants Jesus. That's a lie, lie, lie. They want the Jesus of the Bible. You just got to look like Jesus, act like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. The devil is no match for the power of God that is in a follower of Jesus. Did you know you got the power of God in you? The devil trembles when we walk around. I'm telling you, when you go places, you need to know something. When you walk into the department store, whether you ever say a word, the devil's trembling. Because there's the possibility of somebody getting healed, saved, or set free. All we got to do is open our mouth. All we got to do is be available. All we got to do is say, yes, Lord, I'm here. Let's do this thing, okay? 
Instead of being all concerned about what we need, let's go into places and let's start having a mindset before we go in anywhere. Lord, I'm your vessel. I'm about to walk in Walmart. And I know that 90% of the people there ain't dressed right. They don't know Jesus. So I'm sure I'm going to find somebody on the aisle that might I can share something with. So help me. I mean, seriously. And just actually turn loose and let God begin to lead you. That's what we're here to do. That's freedom in, in serving Jesus. Coming to church, going home, coming to church, going home, coming to church, going home. That is so boring. That's all you do. That's really, that's a boring Christian life. I mean, seriously, if that's all you do. But if you come to church, Monday, you start sharing. Tuesday, you start sharing. You're always a vessel. You're seeing things, man. You're watching people get touched. You're watching tears flow down people's face. You're watching lives change. And that's what God wants us to do. He don't want the whole thing to be about get them to church and the preacher get them saved. That's what the devil wants. What he don't want is all you guys out there leading them to Jesus where you work. That's a bigger field, right? I mean, you are pastors on your job. You're leaders in your business. I mean, take that message and man, spread it all over. Hallelujah. The problem is, and this is a main problem, guys, is that we don't look or act like Jesus. So people are not interested in something that has no power to change them. We say come to Jesus and he will fix your life, but they look at our life and it's no better than theirs. They see us talk like them, listen to the same things that they listen to, watch the same things they watch, react the same way that they react when bad things happen. Oh, we gossip like them, we lie, we cheat, we cuss, we drink, and the list goes on, guys. But the Bible says in 1 Peter 1, look at what Peter said, one of the 12 disciples that was with Jesus, that denied Jesus, okay? Said, no, I, I mean, he couldn't even stand up with three girls around the campfire. I don't know him. <laughs> he, just, he was all messed up, you know what I'm saying? But Peter said this, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't what? Slip back into the world, your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know God any better then. But now you must be what? Holy, holy in everything you do. Just as who? God. God is holy. He's holy, guys. Hallelujah. For the scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. And it goes on to say, And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you what? Wait a minute, I got saved, I ain't got to do nothing else. Grace covers everything, man, I'm free. I can do whatever, say whatever, be whatever, ain't no big deal. No, 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 you're going to be judged, okay? Yeah, salvation's a free gift. It comes with no strings attached. But after you say yes, everything you do afterwards, hallelujah, you're going to stand before God and either you're going to get a reward or you're going to be judged. Hallelujah. So you must live in reverent fear of Him during your time here as what? We're here temporary. We're here temporary, guys. But he's saying we got to live holy. Man, Christians today, my God, you can't half tell whether they are a... I mean, really, you don't know. Man, they jamming to the same stuff the world's jamming to. They're they watching the same stuff, looking, acting. I mean, it's like, yeah, and hey, by the way, won't you come to church with me? Woo, woo, come to church with me. And they just heard you cussing somebody out down the road. What? Man, dude, I don't need none of that. That was not attractive to me. You know what's attractive to me when I was a young sinner that cussed and drank and did all that stuff? Was a friend of mine that was a breakdancer. Y'all remember breakdancing, right? I'm sure some of y'all did that. Oh, man, back in the, the early 80s, uh, late 80s, man, we was, it was all into the, boy, they were doing all that kind of stuff. Come on, man. 
And uh, I had a buddy of mine that was really good at it. So we kind of, we was real good friends and, and still are to this day. But he, I, he would go around and he would break dance and it would draw a crowd. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Well, through time, he got saved and got turned on to God. And we kind of went our own separate ways. But all of a sudden, he started calling me and he said, Nathan, uh, why don't you come to church? Huh, you crazy? <laughs> no, nah, bro. Sorry, man, you done bumped your head. You know, so I kept saying no, kept saying no, kept saying no. But who, guess who kept calling and kept calling? And kept calling and kept calling. And the reason it attracted me, because I saw a change in his life. He wasn't doing those things anymore. He wasn't doing the things that I used to, we was doing together. He, he walked away from it. So it was attractive to me. I said, well, yeah, I'll check it out. And the rest is history. I'm here today. And I'm telling you, I'll, I'll forever be in debt to that guy for not giving up on me. We give up too easy, guys. We throw the towel in too quick. We don't pray intentional enough. We don't pray diligent enough. Man, these lost people need our prayers. They need our love. They need our help. And we are here to do it. So we got to be holy. We got, what's the word holy mean? It means consecrated, set apart. You're, you're, you're separated from them. You don't look like the world. And that means you're going to have to crucify your flesh. I know that ain't a popular word, but you're going to have to nail your flesh to the tree and say, no, you're not getting your own way. We've got to say no to these things. And I'm telling you, when we do, the power of God can be released through our lives and we will see things that, man, other people don't get to see. Let's look at the story in the Bible in Acts 4, real quick. Acts 4, verse 1. It says, while Peter and John, and I just want you to hear what's going on right here because we're facing some of the same things today, guys. Some of the same persecutions are coming on us today. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until the morning. But many of them who heard their message believed, so the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. And stop right here, okay? They had already led 3,000 to the Lord earlier on, a few days earlier, okay? I want you to pay attention that who didn't like the message? Was it the people or was it the political leaders? Okay, that's the same thing going on today. Now we're experiencing it. Other third world countries have been experiencing this for years. Matter of fact, there's Christians right now that are having to have church in caves. They're having to have church at night. They're having to hide to have church. They're having their heads chopped off. They're having their kids, you know, being murdered and stuff like that. But in America, we're starting to see this persecution come. That if you stand up and say anything about Negative about homosexuality, the government don't want nothing to do with that. And in some countries, I know I was listening to a minister and he said in Switzerland, you can't even preach Romans chapter 1. And Romans chapter 1 is all about talking about how men with men and women with women, it just ain't right. And a lot of other things in there too. But I'm just saying they're wanting to take away the gospel. The persecution's coming. Why? It's because it's offensive to other groups. Did you know that God did not organize the LGBT community. Did you know that? He's not in that organization. He did not start that organization. Okay? Did you know that God didn't start Planned Parenthood? Y'all do know that, right? Amen. He did not start them. Them were not from God Almighty. Okay? Those are people that are bound by a lie. And it's not just them. It goes on and on and on. We are here to be agents of truth in a world that is promoting evil and making it sound like it's good. How are they ever going to have hope if we don't take it to them? And it's going to come with some persecutions, guys. It's going to. 
I mean, the spirit of homosexuality or, or, or somebody giving up their baby to be murdered or being... These things are not right, but guess what, guys? They're being filtrated through a system that's saying it's okay. But guess what? We are agents of truth. We're agents of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do we not like people that do that? No, we love every single human being on the planet, guys, just like God does. But we love them enough to be able to share the truth with them and hopefully point them to a different way because there is a different way. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It goes on to say this. The next day the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of the religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there along with Capius, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in two disciples and demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter filled with what? The Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? They were in jail because they helped a crippled man get healed. They preached Jesus, he got healed, and now they're in jail for doing that. Is there anything wrong with helping somebody like that? I mean, if you was the crippled one and you got healed, would you be like, hey man, I'm for you. <laughs> Hallelujah, you're good. It goes on to say, do you know, do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Peter and John were speaking very boldly to the authorities that they did not like what they were doing. The authorities did not like it, but they were speaking boldly. And if you go on and read the story about all this right here, when they got out of jail, they went back and started preaching some more. They didn't stop. This message has to get out, guys. It all cost. Is it going to cost us something? Yeah. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to fit into your schedule. It's going to call you to have to do some things that you normally wouldn't have to do. But this message has to get out to all people, whether they like it or whether they don't. If they don't want it and they reject it, will you go on to somebody else? You're constantly looking for somebody that wants this gospel. Hallelujah. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply, guys. We're going to speak boldly about the things we believe deeply. Just like if we go to a restaurant and it's good, what do we do? We tell everybody. Woo! You need to go to this restaurant. Man, this food is awesome. You need to go here. If we watch a movie or something, we'll tell people about the movie. Hallelujah. If we go to a vacation spot, we're going to share that information. Hey, y'all need to go to this vacation spot. It's awesome, man. We share things, man, that, that we really love. We're going to share things that we, are, uh, we believe deeply. We'll speak boldly about. And Peter does the same thing in Acts chapter 4. He says, verse 12, he says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must save. So how are you going to get saved? It's by Jesus. The only way you're going to get out of here is through Jesus Christ going to heaven. Amen? The only way. The members of the council were amazed that they saw their what? Boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They had no special education. They didn't go to no seminary. They had none of that. Okay? I'm going to share with you what they did have, but I'm going to tell you something. They were ordinary people just like me and you. Ordinary people. Now, up until this time, guys, these guys were not the ones that were the spokesmen of Jesus Christ International. They were not. Jesus Christ was the one that was doing most of the witnessing and sharing. He was doing most of the work. So there was a lot of people, a lot of personalities that was in this group. Okay? 
So all these people were touched in a special way to take a message out to begin to do this. And I'm telling you, we want the members of council. We want our society. We want you know, political leaders. We want our, 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 our communities to see that we've been with Jesus. We want them to see the anointing of God on our life. And it can happen. It can happen if we give ourselves to Him and spend more time with Him. So the question is, how amazed are people by your boldness for Christ? I mean, how amazed are they when they get around you? Think about it. I mean, that's a, that's a good question to ask. I mean, when they get around to you, do they know you're a Christian? Or would it shock them for you to go, yeah, man, I go to church. Whoa. Whoa. Didn't see that coming. That's a curveball. Think about that. How are people amazed by your boldness? My boldness. We've all been there. There's times in our lives that we're a little bit bolder than others. Come to church, hear a powerful word from God. God touches our heart. And then, man, we're ready to take this message to the known world. We're going to share it with everybody around our lives. I mean, we go to work, we have a little pep in our step, man. We're kind of, whoo, you know, I mean, you know, you may not, you know. And again, it's not about sharing the whole Bible, guys. Just share what you know. Share your testimony. It's not about you feeling like you've got to correct everybody's theology. You know, if somebody says something to you and you don't know, guess what? Say this, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. You know what I'm saying? They would rather hear that than you try to make up some, you know, kind of story or something like that. But this message is important and we've got to get it out. Hallelujah. So I'm going I'm to give you three things that I think can help us become a more bold witness for Christ. Number one is you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, and this is Jesus saying this. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What changed Peter in chapter 4 from the Peter that we see at the end of the Gospels when Jesus had been, you know, took in and was being crucified and all that? This, G, I mean, this Peter that actually denied Christ three times, even cussed him, okay, on the third time. I mean, really just cussed him. What changed him from being a bold witness for Christ? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Guys, I'm going to tell you something, man. One of the biggest things me and you got to have if we're going to be an effective witness is we've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We got to. We got to have the Holy Spirit in our life, and He's got to be working. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number two, you have to spend time with Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, the Bible says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that there were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. You've got to spend time with Jesus. And I know, guys, trust me, I mean, I'm right there with you guys. I mean, it's when you go to get into the throne room of God or you go in and start praying... There is not a lot of electric things going on. They don't have the smoke, mirror, lights, camera. I mean, it's not a lot of, there ain't a choir singing to you. I mean, it's really not. I mean, it's just you and there's nobody. You know what I mean? You're praying to an indivisible person. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, like I said, it's not a big fanfare. But I'm telling you, as we spend more time with Jesus, as we say no to ourselves, I'm telling you, something happens. That's why I've told some of you guys that through this fast, you know, you may not see the reward of your, your fast right off the bat. There's some of you guys that may see the reward later, okay? But I'm telling you, God will honor your dedication. He will honor it. And I'm telling you, it's the best thing we could ever do. 
It's the best prescription we could ever have is to spend more time with our Savior. Hallelujah. So who was God using? Ordinary, regular, unschooled people. Who does God use most of the time? Ordinary people that have been with Jesus. If we skip time with Jesus, you will be distracted. You'll be consumed with the things of the world like sports, fashion, social media. And then your spirituality will become weak. You will get weaker. But if you put Jesus first, you pray in the Spirit, you build your faith, power in your life, confidence, bold, God uses to help change lives if we put Jesus Christ first. I'm going to tell you something. You're confident to share your faith if you've been spending time with the one that you're going to talk about. If he's just a Sunday thing, you ain't going to talk. You ain't going to talk. But if he is a part of your life, I promise you guys, you're going to look for ways to get the power of God into their lives. There's hurting people around us everywhere, guys. I mean, my gosh, you can't hardly go anywhere and see somebody that's not taking prescription medicine. That's not, I mean, how hard is it just to pray with people? People that are just lost, just showing people that you care. I mean, it's not that hard, and we can do it if we spend time with Jesus. Number one, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I can't emphasize that enough. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know how you live this life successfully without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I just don't know. I just, I just don't understand it because it's been everything for me. It was a game changer in my life. But we spend more time with Jesus. And number three, guys, we're going to ask God to make us bold. Now, this is a, this is a powerful prayer when you do this. The religious leaders continued to threaten them. They put them in jail. They even were threatening them with death. We're going to kill you. But it did not stop them. Just like it's not stopping our brothers and sisters in other countries that are seeing their wives' heads being chopped off right in front of them to, to, to just, you know, disregard the name of Jesus. They will not do it. There's something on the inside pushing, something on the inside pushing the outside to keep going. No, this message has to be preached. We have to share this. Because, guys, our life is like a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. It is so quick, guys. I mean, in the blink of an eye, many of you guys that are maybe my age or a little older, man, where did the time go? I'm 51 years old. For crying out loud, I was just in school the other day, man. Come on, you know? And now I'm sitting here at 51. But I really believe that, guys, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Jesus. It's the path I was taking. Amen? And there's a lot of others out there that we need to get this message to at all costs. But Acts 4.29 tells us about them asking for boldness to check this out. Now, Lord... On their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness that, that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Now granted guys, before this right here, they were in jail. Okay? They were beat and then they were released from jail. They went to their own company. So they had just come from being beat and to be told, don't you preach the name of Jesus. Don't you do it. If you do, you're going down. So they come and they say, hey, they were happy that they were even counted worthy to suffer like Christ. And then they come to their company and they say this right here. Give us boldness, Lord. Give us more boldness to keep going, to keep preaching, no matter what the world says. The culture ain't right. Y'all do know that, right? The kingdom of God is right. And I'm telling you, we are here of agents of the kingdom of God. And it goes on to say in verse 31, and when they had prayed... The place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. This comes when a group of people will not say no. They keep going. They keep going. They keep going. 
The world says shut up, they keep going. They keep going. We live in a world, guys, in our world, the United States, that the, that the government would just soon, in some cases, remove the Bible from the land. We've seen it removed from our schools. Okay, that was the start of the wave. And it's only building, building. We think when we're over here hurrahing the Republicans, Woo! Go, boys, go! Y'all are awesome. Y'all love me. Y'all got my back. And then we got some over here. Woo! Democrats! Y'all are awesome. Y'all know everything I need in life. Thank you guys for helping me in life. <laughs> really? Really? Has it come to the fact that we got more faith in our political system than we do in Almighty God? Amen? His kingdom needs to come to this earth. Not their kingdom. Amen? Their kingdom is trying to take away from us, man. They don't want us to continue to be preaching this gospel in America. They don't. And we got to get our eyes off the political system. You pray for them. You lift them up. But guys, it's God's kingdom on this earth. The hallelujah is what's going to change people. Amen? I mean, hallelujah, if we leave this stuff unchecked and we don't stand up and we don't stand out, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. We've got to be agents of change, guys. We've got to be. I mean, it's just it's sad to see a lot of this going on in our lives. Hallelujah. You know, they didn't play it safe. Hallelujah. They knew that they had an assignment from Jesus to take the message of the gospel to everyone they could. They didn't quit. No, they prayed for more boldness and they got it. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, spend more time with Jesus and pray for boldness, I'm telling you, your life's going to change. Your life's going to change, guys. And our lives need to change. Our lives need to. They need to be into the image of Jesus Christ. It needs to be in the image. We become selfless when we deny ourselves. And we're not living for today and we're living for eternity. When this life is over, we will live somewhere. We will either live in the presence of the glory of God or in the horror of the eternal damnation in hell. There is a hell and there is a heaven. Words are, not, words are inadequate to capture hell's anguish, horror, outer darkness, eternal lake of fire, place of torment, sorrow, and it's forever. It don't stop. That should be the fire under our bootay to get us out there. Amen? Amen? We don't want to see any of our loved ones go to a place like that. We sure didn't. That's why we got saved. And thank God we're on this side of it, man. We think, whoo, man, that was close call. Could have easily went to hell. Hallelujah. But the same words that cannot, that cannot capture the horror of hell are the words that cannot capture the glory of heaven. You know, in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, the Bible tells us that it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. For those who love Him. For those who love Him. Man, God's got some good things in store for us, guys. He's got some good things in store for us. You know, Revelation 21, 8, I mean 21 verse 1, says this right here. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. As I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with me, and he will dwell with me, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. 
and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write for these words, Write for these words are true and faithful. But listen to what he says as he goes on. He said to me, It is done. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and they will be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The second death. That means you're going to die physically, but then you're going to be brought back. All the dead are going to rise. Whether you're a sinner or you're a saint, you're going to be resurrected. And I believe the sad part about that, guys, and we need to get this in our head, there's going to be people you love that didn't say yes. They're going to die again in a lake of fire. You may not believe that. You may not want to believe that. It's the word of the living God. Hell was never designed for people. Hell was designed for the devil and his falling angels. It was never designed for people. But again, God gave man and woman a choice. Either you choose to receive the message of the cross or you choose to reject it. And that's not on our plate, guys. What is on our plate is getting the message to them. We've got to take this message to them. We've got to. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. So what if I tell them about Jesus and they get offended? And they say, I'm not interested. But what if I don't tell them? What if I don't tell them? Guys, we live in a world that needs this message. I rejected my friend multiple times before I said yes. I did. I said, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. No, nah, I'm not good. And maybe many of you in this room, y'all rejected the invitation several times before you said yes. I mean, guys, when people say no, they're not saying that one day they might say yes. They're just saying no now. We've got to stay consistent. You've got to realize that you are messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just me. We all have been called into the ministry of reconciliation. Everybody in this room, we've been called to reconcile people to Christ. And when you see people in your family that are going a different direction or they're a part of something, okay, that is our call to witness. That's our call to pray for them and lift them up and believe God's going to change their life. And then there's sometimes you're going to have to open up your mouth and you're going to have to talk to them. I mean, what if Jesus would have come with tape on his mouth and not said a word? Probably not a lot would have got done. We are his ambassadors. We are his ambassadors. It's up to us, guys. This is it. If we don't do it, it ain't going to get done. Because Jesus has already left. And I just want to encourage you today to be bold in your witness. Be bold in your witness. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And you can do that today. Glory to God. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit today. 
But also spend more time with Jesus and then ask God to make you bold. We live in a world, guys, that there's people out there that need help. But there is an onslaught attack on the gospel of Jesus Christ in the United States of America. And we have to be the ones to be able to step up and step out and take this message at all cost. And it could cost you something. There's coming today to where you'll see preachers in America be locked up for the gospel's sake. They'll be locked up for preaching the gospel. But I can tell you right now, if they're a true man or woman of God, they're going to keep preaching even while they're in the prison. Because the Bible says our life is not our own. You gave up your right to choose how you was going to live when you said yes to Jesus. You gave up that right. And if you really say that you're a follower of Christ, then that means we follow His agenda. Period. Okay? We don't call evil good. We take truth to evil. We don't partner with evil. We don't partner with it at all. Because I've got loved ones in my life that are not living right and are, and are under some things. I'm not partnering with it. I'm praying that they would change. And opportunities get, I will speak change into their life. Because I know what sin will do. It will destroy. It will bring you down and it will take you out. And that's not what God wants for us in 2019. God wants us to live a life of abundance. He wants us to live a life of prosperity and success. But He also wants others to too. And if we really truly are carrying around the, the most precious gift ever given to man, why would we hold it? Why would we keep it in here? Why would we think that when we, when we are around our friends or family that it's just going to fall out of our mouth accidentally? No. you got to be intentional. But if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you spend time with Jesus, and you ask Him for boldness, I promise you the next step is you got to do it. you got to do it. Don't ever say out of your mouth, that man. oh man, I, I'm just not good at that witness and stuff. That should never, ever come out of your mouth. Ever, ever. That should be a cuss word. We're all good at witnessing. Because it ain't us doing it, it's Jesus. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We love you, Father. We praise you. We magnify you. You're so good. You're so awesome. And Father God, as we close today, Father God, and as we finish today, Father God, I just ask for anybody in the room, hallelujah, that you may be here and you may be going through some things and you want somebody to, to lay hands on you. Maybe your, your body's not in a position you want it to be in. Christ is here to heal you. He's here to touch you. He's here to help you. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If that's you out there and you say, man, look, I'm dealing with some things, man. Maybe you're addicted to some things. Maybe you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you just need a touch by God. We want to pray for you today. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. 2019 has got to be a year of where we're burning on fire for God. Every single one of us. And we'll see something special happen in this community. Oh, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you've never made the commitment to follow Christ, today is the day that you give your life to Jesus. You simply come up here, man, we'll pray with you, man, and we'll watch God do some things in your life. Maybe you used to walk with God and you kind of pulled away and you're kind of running your own thing now. And you just want to come back to God. As we sing this next worship song, guys, that is your opportunity to step forward and come up. And we will be glad to pray for you guys. Father, we love you, we praise you, we magnify you. Glory to God.
Hallelujah. Well, let's just sing this song together.